0: Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. Andy and I are here now. Before we get started, very quickly, football is back. If you bet on football, go to mybookie.com, promo code ROMAPRESS, R-O-M-A-P-R-E-S-S, And MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. So they have the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, all the big leagues that you're looking to bet on. They have it. So again, MyBookie.com. They've also got NBA playoffs. If you like American football, they have the NFL starting as well. So again, MyBookie.com. And also thank you to our latest patron over at Patreon, Dennis Alimonti, who you can find on Twitter at d e n i s a l i m o n -T 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 t. I Thank you so much, Dennis. We appreciate your support. If you want to join Dennis, get early access to the podcast, extra episodes as well. You can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press. Again, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Okay, Andy, first match is a week away. Uh, The match against Juve is two weeks away. And we don't know which team Edin (laughs) Dzeko will be playing for in that one. Or at least we can't say with 100% certainty which team Ed and Jekyll will be playing for in that match. So, Roma, they draw Cagliari in the friendly yesterday. Uh, after the match, Paolo Fonseca is asked about what's going on with the team, where are you with the market, so on and so forth. And he, I, I was actually surprised at how forthcoming he was, I guess you would say. He said, we still have players who are going to leave some of the players that play today. Will be leaving, and we were lacking players that still need to arrive. Now, you said in the last episode, and I'm just going—I'm going to get the exact quotes wrong, but I think you said something to the effect of, "You're not worried about Roma's uh, market situation because uh, everybody else is in the same situation too." We saw Andrea Pirlo at, at Juve today say. Oh, well, we still need a striker. We still have work we have to do. We have some players that want to leave. Um, we still may bring others in. So are you still feeling the same or are you getting a bit uneasy? Because now, uh, less than one week away, the season is beginning. So are you starting? Is any uneasiness starting to creep right. in? Because I have to be quite honest with you. Um, I thought if you would have asked me on Wednesday, the day after we recorded the podcast, I thought with 95% certainty that Smalling would have arrived this weekend. I was told everybody, even Roma, were pretty much expecting him to arrive this weekend. That didn't happen. We don't know where things are now. I don't know what delayed it, but are you feeling any more unease? Because in between the five or six days that we recorded, really nothing has happened. Well, unease,
1: uh, as in uh, a huge pain in the ass. Yes, definitely. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I've been reading this this news of uh, it's almost done for Smalling. We've got the OK from the club, but not from the player. We've got the OK from the player, but not from the club. We've got the OK from the intermediary, but not from the player himself. Now the player is allowed to leave the training of Manchester United, but Manchester United are not giving him the final OK. Manchester United are waiting for Smalling and we are waiting for Manchester United and so on and so on and so on. So, um, again, it's um, this is like saving, saving private Smalling um, because we have no idea um, what the fuck we're getting into. And, you know, I from what I from what I understand, the club was confident that in the first match out against Verona, you are going to have Smalling as your starting center back. Now, we are we one week away and uh I understand that smalling may be fit and all, but if this deals drag if deal if this deal drags on for a little bit longer, um I I, I I I I begin to have the 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 terrible creeping fear um that we are going to see Cristante uh lead our def- defense and um that's that's not a pretty sight. that's not something you want to see ever. Um, especially when you're starting out uh, a, a new uh, campaign in the Serie, a. so that's my that's my biggest fear. Now the second fear is that we are in in a bit of a mess with uh, with Dzeko and that it, it seems like this is such a complicated puzzle. Because as I said on last time, and it doesn't it, it hasn't changed. I mean, we are in this in the same exact boat as Juve. As ridiculous as that sounds, we are in the same. We can't sell dead weight. We have trouble doing that. Um, we have this striker situation that is starting to 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 have a lot of question marks around it because we know that Juve are looking for uh, Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez is waiting to leave Barcelona. He needs to take an Italian test to apply for the Italian passport. Um, then we have uh, uh, Giroud whom uh, Di Marzio claims is the closest one uh, to Juve currently. But at the same time, we have Dzeko, who was rumored to be the first choice for Andrea Pirlo. At the same time, we have Milik, who comes into the equation and who is an option for both Juve and Roma. But now it is Roma are way more serious about him. So again, it's... um, you know this is I, I knew that this this particular transfer market would be much more different than anything else we've seen before but this is such a a mess in the truest sense of the word in 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 terms of we don't know how to sell the players we need to sell but we also don't know how to buy the players that we need to buy and the few players that we need to buy because we you know we want smalling we maybe we want an additional center back if somebody else leaves, we want a fullback um with lorenzi leaving and potentially santon leaving um and we want definitely to have a striker and a backup striker so you know uh, i I admire Fonseca's optimism um <laughs> i mean the guy what what can the guy the poor guy say uh, he he mm, you're yeah, playing against point. Cagliari. Perotti goes down. Who comes off the bench, John? I'm getting literally PTSD every time I see this guy right now.
0: What What was that? 180 seconds yeah. or less uh, than that? sad. I...
1: This, it... Oh, man. <laughs> and, and who comes off the bench for him? Antonucci. I really don't have anything against young players, but this guy is so not fit for a big club, and he knows it, and everybody else knows it, but they just can't get rid of him which again pisses me off because we are wasting a good bench spot for a player that really adds nothing to the team. And um, and th- it, this is it. I mean, this is the biggest problem with Roma um, is that whenever we are in need of players that contribute to the team and sometimes we can even afford them, we can't sell the players that are still here that need to be sold because they absolutely can contribute to the team. And so we're seeing uh, Genoa potentially uh, getting involved with with uh, Juan Jesus perhaps Karsdor. but you know again it's all quiet on the western front nothing seems to be moving everything is stagnant everything is 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 as it is unfortunately and it's um, it's a dire situation not
0: for Roma only but for the rest of the league as well I completely agree so I let's take some of these situations one by one so with the Dzeko stuff, this was the first time in two weeks, I think, that I spoke with someone of his entourage, aka his his agent, Silvano Martina. But again, I, I don't, I'm not going to to use his name when I publish anything, but I doubt he's listening to this podcast. So we can go ahead. So spoke to him today and it, it was very brief. And he said, you can find the full quotes, Roma pressed on that, um, he basically said, we have to wait and see what happens between Napoli and Roma. And I I only found this interesting because, you know, it's one of those things It's like, well, duh, right? We've been discussing this for three weeks. But the only reason I found it extremely interesting, because this is the first time he's actually acknowledging to me and to anyone else, frankly, that this situation involving Milik, that, that Jekyll's future hinges upon this situation involving Milik. So this is the first time that he is even acknowledging it all before it has been all oh, we'll see the usual stuff, the, the, the agent po- uh, politically correct things that you always hear these agents and representatives and members of the entourage say that's, that isn't really insightful. But the fact that he at least acknowledged it today, I think speaks volumes because he, he wouldn't be saying that if there wasn't a distinct possibility that this was a real and be concrete. So I found that really interesting. Um, and then we were talking briefly, and he said he, he he acknowledged that he was going to be speaking soon with uh, another agent, Paolo B- uh, Busardo, who I, I think I mentioned it on the previous po- podcast, but Roma, uh, the CEO, Guido Fienga. We all know he is overseeing the market right now, correct? But it's not really him overseeing. <laughs> he is overseeing like the um, the movements of it, but he's not actually in there doing the negotiations. He has appointed two agents, uh, Bussardo being one of them, and then the other one being Giuffrida, who uh, he represents a couple of players, um, Diego Parati being one of them. I believe he also helped Icardi move to PSG. So he 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 does represent some players, but he does a lot more intermediary work above all. So those are the two agents that are handling the transfer market, the negotiations at least for Roma. Now Bussardo, he is the one handling the deal for Milik. And if you talk to him, he uh, he has a very high, I won't say very high, but he has a strong level of confidence that Milik could eventually arrive at Roma. And it's for obvious reasons, okay? Napoli don't want to lose him for free. I think Napoli are starting to realize that they're asking price from the beginning, 40 million euros then they go down five. Now they're at 30. Now we're hearing they're at 25 plus bonuses. I think finally De Laurentiis has realized that he tried to play, you know, he tried to do a bluff, right? I I think he overplayed his hand and he's realizing now in this market, you cannot be asking for an absurd price for a guy with only one year left on his contract. You cannot expect another club to pay for your mistakes that you made at a managerial and directorial level. You guys allowed Milik's contract to wind down to 12 months remaining, actually less than 12 months remaining. And I understand you want to recoup as much money as possible, but they're not going to get 30, 40 million euros. Now, for Roma, it is interesting because there's a couple of ways to look at this. For Roma, you could say, all right, well, we'll get him for free. Um, why, why should we, you know, why should we pay this absurd asking price that you're asking? However, I also understand from Roma's standpoint on the flip side that you have to find a way to get to him because if it does, let's say you don't find a deal for him. You do get to January. He can sign a, a pre-contract with any club he wants. And that's a huge risk if you're somebody like Roma, because maybe he garners attention from a club in the Champions League and, and uh, you know, the Premier League or something, and you just can't match what they're offering, um, fr- from a wage standpoint. Now, Roma currently, when you add the bonuses, they're offering him about five million euros net, which comes to about nine point eight, almost ten million euros gross. Do I think another club in Spain, France, Italy? or even England, for that matter, would offer that, oh, I find it very difficult. We've known for a long time that he wants Juve. But I think it's becoming abundantly clear that Pirlo prefers Jekyll, And I think that's been made pretty well clear to not only Milik's men, but Jekyll's entourage as well. So I think that's a situation that we're in. Uh, and again, with Jekyll's entourage acknowledging this, um, I do find it interesting. And I, I if you would have asked me... Th- three days ago, four days ago. What do you think about Jekyll? Is he staying? Is he going? I probably would have said 90% that he's remaining, especially um, if you remember what Fienga said, Andy, just a few days ago, he said, Oh, if if Jekyll wants to be our captain, he will be our captain for as long as he chooses to do so, which is actually pretty interesting way of wording it. um, Because you're more so putting the onus on the player to say, Oh, I want to go. So, it is it is very um, fluid, this thing. I, I know a lot of people, when you put a story out and then something changes in three days later, they love to say, oh, well, three days ago, you said he's likely to stay. This is the transfer market. Things change by the minute, by the hour. Offers change um, to players, to clubs. These, cha- these things change all the time, and they change at a moment's notice. So one thing that was written three days ago may not be necessarily true right. today or even three hours ago. So I think people need to keep that in mind. But yeah, it is it is very interesting because the fact that Dzeko's agent acknowledged this, I, for me, completely changes the entire narrative surrounding this. Um, I, I think now that we have to be open or at least be more willing to accept the possibility that Milik could arrive at Roma. And I know we've discussed this ad nauseum basically but let's say that does happen are you again time we've already discussed this two or three times a week has gone by since we had real any updates on this but are you that pessimistic because i i'm just seeing the reaction from some people and it's very um very visceral, people feel very strongly about this one way or the other. You either really like Milik or you really dislike him. Well, I, I, you
1: know, in these situations, at least when it comes to um, uh, Roma with you know, selling the books, uh, every trans, every summer transfer market is a, a, a big test for the fan base in terms of <laughs> can you. You know, can you accept what is about to come? And you know, I, I said it on here that preferably I would keep Jekyll for another year and then go for Milik. But the reality of the situation is, and um, you've pointed that this out many, many times, is that by the by next June, if I'm correct, right, we we have to make a hundred million of plus valenza. Correct. And um that doesn't happen just like that it doesn't happen uh with making small deals and or or you know uh, if you know selling the potential antonucci off to portugal or something oh you know, th- that money has to come from real sales and roma are in a position really where i mean w- what we were prepared for this summer was underliving cliverd leaving I mean, both of them were were looking at bench time more than actual playing time in the final five to six games. Um, we were here sitting and and talking about, okay, well, they they're off, right? I mean that that this is it. This is you know they're looking at uh, potentially leaving the the club and 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 finding a new team and maybe Cliver off to Barcelona, and, and then we hear that. Uh, you know, Under is is not involved anymore in Napoli talks. Um, he's he's not to be inserted into any swaps. The same goes for Vertu. Roma fixed a big price on him, and and Napoli backed off. Cliver, um, the only offer that arrived apparently was from Benevento, or at least interest, <laughs> which is again depressing. Um, and so you're looking at this team. And you're thinking to yourself, well, m- the money has to come from somewhere, right? And exactly. It, it has to. It, there is no, you know, you, you can't avoid
0: this. It, you can't run away from this. And to build on what you said, the money does have to come. And it has to come only, it, not that it has to come, but it's only going to come from a few players, right? There are yeah. only so many candidates. Schick. Shick is off.
1: So that's, right. you, you made right. a little bit of plus valence on that, but you need to, need, you
0: need more. Right. And the thing is, I, I, I understand why people say, oh, you know, Under has a good match. Well, why don't you keep Under? Um, why are we even thinking about selling Jekyll? This has nothing to do with... This is all a financial thing. And, and I think that's maybe the part that some people, you know, have difficulties maybe accepting. Yeah, that, and it you bothers know, them. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing. Roma, they need 100 million, a plus Valenza before the end of the 30th of June, uh, next summer. And to date, I think they've made just a bit over 10, maybe 15 million in Poofs-Falenza. Now, if you look at the roster, it is very, very, very clear that you're only going to get to that level by selling a few players. Jekyll, for instance, is currently on the books for 2.4 million euros. So if you get Juve to pay 15 million euros, For a 34-year-old, you have to take it. If you get them to pay even 12 million euros for Jekyll, Roma are almost forced to accept it. The same thing with Under. Under is on the books for, let me pull it up very quickly. So Genghis Under, his value on the books is currently 7.8 million euros. So even if you get an offer of 25 million euros for him, you have to give 25% or I'm sorry, 20% of the fee to, uh, his, to his previous club. So you bring home 20 of, of the 25, um, that's you know, 12, 13 million euros in plus Valenza. The same thing with Vertitude. I, I know it's difficult to even think about selling Vertitude just because of how crucial he is to Roma, but his book value, 14.8 million euros. If you get somebody who is willing to pay 40 million euros for him, Right, I think Roma He's are up. in an ex- exactly Roma are in an extremely yep. difficult position, and ugh, they have to accept it. Unless something dramatic happens, uh, we do know freaking are looking to bring in minority shareholders. If that happens, and they bring in a extremely wealthy minority shareholder, maybe something happens. But the fact of the matter is. Roma have to get the books in line first. It's very clear yep. what they're trying to do this summer, right? Lower and, costs. Yeah.
1: And everybody, and every, and this is the thing that most fans have a hard time uh, believing uh, and accepting because it is hard. It, it, it's, I mean, that's the whole point. We of hate being, it. We hate it, yeah, right? I, I mean, it, nobody enjoys it. It's the whole it. point of being fans. You follow the team. You get attached to players. You... You you know you 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 see Jako as your captain. You see this guy as the next best thing. You see Vertu as the the true spirit of this team, the warrior that never gives up and has infinite stamina. But at the end of the day, it, everybody is touchable because we are a team, uh, a club that competes in a in a footballing world. Where you it, it's all based on finances, and you have to Roma have to keep respecting this rule, um, because you know otherwise there are problems, and we've seen that happen to other teams, we've seen other teams you know slip by as if it was nothing, um, break the rules. But but the point is that you have to you, you know you you have to respect it, every everybody is touchable, so whenever. The right offer comes, Roma are not going to think twice about it. You know, it's, I, and, and this applies to everybody. It applies to Jekko, yeah. it applies to Pellegrini, it, it, you know, and, and like it or not, it, it applies to Zagnolo as well. Now, I think Roma are in a situation where they know that the one player that they m- may be able to label as untouchable is Zagnolo. Yes. We know he's dealing now with an injury that maybe, you know, we don't know what he's going to look like after this injury. We don't know if it's going to be the same player or a different player. But if you don't want to see Zaniolo wearing a Juve shirt or an just any other big club shirt, then you have to accept the fact that this team, the few components of this team that are truly worth something are all on the selling block. That's it. That's the truth.
0: Yeah, and, and just to, I guess, reiterate just how bad some of this is, a lot of what is being done now is to fix the sins and mistakes made by previous management. And I'm looking primarily at, at Monchi. So if you want some of the numbers, just to reiterate why some of this has to be done. Okay, Steven and Zonzi, He is still on the books for 15 million euros. Pastore on the books for 15 million euros. Robin Olsen on the books for 6.9 million euros. Uh, Who else? Perotti. He is on the books for 2 million euros. So it's things like that. It's unfortunate. Um, You know, Juan Jesus on the books for 2 million euros. Uh, Rick Karsdorp on the books for five million euros. So what we're seeing now, it it, it it isn't necessarily an indication of Roma being in a poor financial state. Yes, obviously Friedkin they acquired a club with over 250 million euros of debt. There's no there's no denying that this is a a group that wants to behave responsibly, act responsibly in the market. And in order to do that, you have to lower costs. you have to get off bad contracts, you have to sell players, and you have to make the capital gains, the plus valenza. So to do that, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. And we hate it. It's unfortunate. But I think that is just the reality of it. Again, uh, for a 34-year-old, Edin Dzeko, who earns 7.5 million euros by far and away the most uh, expensive player at Roma in terms of wages. I think the next closest one is Pastore at, it's either three and a half or 4 million euros. If somebody offers you 12 million euros for him, you're going to get a capital gain of almost 10 million euros and you're going to get seven and a half m- million euros of wages off of your books. Again, it's difficult to accept, but that's the situation. I, I, I think sometimes we tend to ignore the financial part of it and, and we look more so just the fooling, footballing aspect of it. Um, yep. And it's unfortunately, as you said, Andy, that's just the reality. It's not.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, we're, you know, this is, this is the reality. The reality is that at the end of the year, you have to respect the rules, that at the end of the year, you have to make some essential sales. And Roma are currently in a position where it's very difficult to sell the players that. Cost you a lot, but don't contribute to the team, and it and the the ones that are really worth something inevitably become touchable and become uh, products that you will most likely now or in as soon as another
0: transfer market session opens will have to sell them. Completely agree, and so the last one I want to discuss is. Is Itzo of Torino today? Uh, one of the newspapers they said Itzo mm. he's growing closer to Roma. Uh, his arrival not imminent, but he's getting nearer and nearer to Roma. From what I, from what I was told, pretty outright that's hyperbole. Extreme hyperbole is what someone told me. This is a guy who has been offered literally to half of Europe, almost all of Italy. Or I uh, let me let me rephrase, who has been offered to every single big Italian club. <laughs> this is a guy who recently switched agents. Uh, he used to be represented by uh, Paolo Palermo. Now he's represented by uh, Raiola. So he's he's been wanting this move uh, since last summer. You guys may remember uh, uh, Petrachi tried to get him. <laughs> remember it was initially Petrachi tried to get Inculu and then they couldn't do a deal for him so they go to Izzo then they couldn't get a deal for Ito, and then it was uh, who else? Uh, what's the come on? What's the guy's name? The Brazilian that they have, Lianco. Oh, so, Lianco, yeah, fifty million. That's what so. So that was that was last summer. Uh, this summer uh, again, Ito. He he moves to Raiola. He tells him, "Get me a move. I want my big move." He's twenty eight years old. Probably the last opportunity that he will have to get sort of that bigger ish payday. I guess we could say. Uh, he's been offered, again, to every big Italian team. And the only ones, the only ones who have bit so far are Fiorentina and Roma. But I talked with people, both at Roma um, and someone pretty close to Izzo, and they said Roma is a possibility, but it's not not imminent at all. I'm very curious, though, as to what that would mean for Smalling, because surely... I don't know how you could bring both of them because you would be paying, what, 15 million euros, including bonus for smalling, for So they were, they were asking 20, 25. I can't imagine that Roma would pay that. Maybe you get him for 15, or maybe you do get him for 20, and then you add somebody like Milik on top of it, and you just said they are looking for a right back. They want to do an operation almost identical to what they did for Zappa Costa, a very low-cost loan, uh, where you also had the parent club. Uh, helping contribute for a large part of the wages which is what Chelsea did last season I, I just I just don't see how you can bring so Smalling, Mirik, and a right back on loan I think that'd be very difficult that would pretty much eat into any plus Valenza you would make this summer unless you found a way to to move those purchases to to the next financial year 2021-2022 you'd have to obviously construct the operation in a very uh very unique way but i i don't see it happening uh is he a player you like uh, for me he's one of those guys if he's on your team you tend to like him just because he's a bit of a uh i can't think of a politically correct or DK. polite way to say it. yes okay we'll use that uh, there you go uh, gets carded a lot i don't think we can we can stress that enough this guy loves getting booked. Um, he complains a lot and i'm just saying this after having, you know, watched Roma face him again. He seems like one of those guys if he's on your side you love him, you absolutely despise him if you're playing against him. Uh a guy you like, a guy you want, Andy? Well, this
1: is certainly a guy that, you know, whenever you're dealing with Cairo, um this is a guy who shoots for the stars with with his with yes. his price range. It's it's unbelievable, and also I have a hard time believing we could be dealing with with him again with such ease after that whole mess with Petraki. Um, at the same time, Torino had such a shit year, um, and especially in terms of defense, both Itzo and Kulo uh look like the uh, freaking step brothers from the step brothers movie um not very <laughs> they were they didn't they, they didn't seem fit they didn't seem alert um uh, so it's it's something that i i I can't imagine Torino even having the balls to really dictate the prices um when it comes to it so you know both both Nkulu and Itzo and Belotti as well i mean we the poor guy is is being held hostage, nobody's doing anything about it. Torino are just dodging offers left and right, apparently you know rejecting a fifty million uh, offer from Tottenham, which is something that you you should take and run. Uh, yeah. but but i i think that this is a team a torino team filled with players that really want to leave <laughs> like it's it's pretty clear that guys like nkulu and Izo have bigger aspirations at the same time i don't see roma going for Itzo if they're going for smalling and, and this deal with smalling really i mean i understand it drags. There is a lot of stuff involved. It's never easy to deal with with the likes of Manchester United. It's never easy when you have uh, thousands of intermi- intermediaries and you have no sporting director currently. Um, you're looking at uh, Roma handling all of this through intermediaries, having Fienga and De Sanctis both working on it. So I can understand it's complicated, but it, this is really dragging beyond anybody's uh, idea of what dragging is really about. And and Roma need that center back. Um, I don't expect to have somebody of of Itzo's caliber alongside Smalling. I mean, if we take Smalling, I don't expect we go for somebody as... uh, requested and as as big of a name whatever you know if it's still a big name as a defender in Italy so I don't I just don't expect Roma to go for that kind of profile um, alongside Smalling. and then I just just said you you need to figure out that fullback position it it has to be addressed I would hate I, I know I know that this is the reality of the situation you know Zappacosta again was suggested as as an option poor guy is being thrown around um but it, it would be extremely depressing to see Roma again going for that kind of profile of a guy who basically has no future at the club um but i guess that's another thing that we have to accept in the short term and and um it's and then add to that uh uh somebody who a backup striker um we've we've heard the name of Kokorin but it, nothing concrete Oh, God. So it's it's <laughs> Jeez. I, I admire oh. the I admire the fact that Fonseca went out of his way to actually openly say that you know there are to admit that there are guys that are going to to leave. He is he's definitely putting pressure on the on the management and on the those players himself themselves because he knows that you can't possibly start a new season, a new campaign with guys that literally intoxicate your whole locker room. And um, who, you know, I understand that the likes of of Juan Jesus are happy and cheerful guys. I understand that uh, Perotti and Fazio are friends. But but this is a team that is in desperate need of pieces that actually contribute, of pieces that actually fit the project. And it's it, it would be depressing to go into this new season with this additional weight dragging you down um, right from the get-go.
0: Yeah, you said it best. I, this is just a very, very particular summer. There are so many. that That's the problem, really, Andy, is there are so many people and so many clubs, I should say, looking to sell that you just have this this overload of players on the market and, and not enough people looking to buy them. And to repeat what you've said the last couple of episodes is it's not just Roma. You have Napoli, you have Juve, you have all of these clubs trying to offload some of these guys. It just seems a tall task to, to, to ask Roma to get rid of all these guys in a summer that wasn't really even a full summer of transfer market. This was, they had really three weeks in between their season ending and their preseason starting for them to, hold negotiations uh, to be quite honest i i actually am surprised that they managed to get rid of chic i am I, I i if you would have told me a year ago that roma would have sold him for just under 30 million euros i would have said you are crazy so the fact they did that is a huge testament to them Fazio juan jesus if you can get rid of them too i think that's great work uh, peralti doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere again this guy uh you jesus know you do Christ. feel bad for him, made of Last, I mean, he comes on the pitch and he's injured automatically. It seems like, I mean, he's Due
1: finished. For I mean, that's that is the, the definition of a finished player, and it's sad, unfortunate. But the sooner he accepts it, the better it is for everybody involved.
0: Yes, it is difficult to watch him move about the pitch because he's just so slow and just looks so delicate. As for the right, I find it very interesting that, that Fonseca has started Karsdorp in these two friendlies, these two last friendlies against frozenone and, uh, and Cagliari, even though you know this is the guy who has been heavily linked with a move away. I just find it very interesting. Uh, Bruno Perez has not been starting. And I had it early in the week, but I just want to reiterate, people may forget Bruno Perez, he has only one year of contract left at Roma too. So he can negotiate with the club in January if he wants as well. He can leave for free next summer. His agent, who I spoke to, They are 100% completely open to a renewal. They still haven't met with a woman. No shit. Haven't met with any intermediaries. But I have to tell you, Andy, I just... If he shows the same level at which he did after the lockdown, yes, he had a terrible match against Sevilla, but so did everybody else. If he shows that same level again... Instead of spending money, if he is willing to at least lower his uh, his wages, I think he's on $2 million per season. If you can get him to lower that to one and a half, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, particularly if you have Fonseca saying outright, I'm going to continue with this three-man defense, which we don't know at this point because what did we see yesterday against Coyote, right? They looked much better when they changed things up. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I am in the minority when I say I am not against Bruno Perez signing a new deal again with with the wages being correct. If you continue with this three man at the back system, I think there are worse things in the world that could happen. And and on Ito again, uh, you know, if it comes down to him or Smalling, it, it's a very easy, very easy decision in that. But again, I, I just don't see how you afford them both. And real quick, somebody, one of our patrons just asked uh, on Twitter, why is it we're not even discussing the possibility of Jekyll and Melee together? Well, I think that's simple, right, Andy? One earns seven yeah. and a half million euros, and the other had four, 4.5. The other, other 4.5, that's yeah, that's the pretty figures. much five when you throw in bonus too. Jesus. So that's what 12 million euros, uh, 11 and a half, 12 million euros for two players. Ah. At Roma, no. Who are going
1: to compete for the starting spot? I'm not seeing Jako uh, kindly uh, take a seat on the bench, or Milik come to a new club and have the same exact experience he's had at Napoli, always being the the second guy in line. Uh, that's not happening. That's it's it, somebody could dream. Of having both guys, so you have a nice story of Jeko you know, leading the way for Milik and then leaving the club in all of his glory. But at the same time, you're looking again at a reality dictated by money.
0: One hundred percent. That that's exactly what it is. And, and two, they need the plus valenza from Jako. You, you can't bring Milik. Without the plus valenza from Jekyll, it is it is impossible, especially when you throw in the right. wages too. So, what is um, so what to to conclude? So, what is the list
1: of uh, players who are legit, legitimately and 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 you know, uh, um, could be could be involved in some major plus valenza without any problems? Who are the main players? Okay, that you let's go, go to yeah, 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 in need of plus valenza.
0: List. I'm not saying this is who they would sell, I'm just saying these are the candidates. So Zaniolo, his cost, now it's a little less than this because this is as of the 30th of June. So they've uh, amortized another two months. So keep in mind that these figures that I'm saying, the actual figure is just slightly, slightly less. So let's just go through the candidates before we go here. So Zaniolo is on the books for 4 million euros. Veritu is on the books for 14.8 million euros. Mm. VR is on the books. For 3.6 million euros. Under is on the books. For 7.8 million euros. Uh, Spinazzola. No way. He's not a candidate. Chic already sold. Santon. You won't make a plus Valenza on him. Uh, Riccardi. He went out on loan. He was on the books for 300,000 euros. Perotti. Not a candidate for that. Perez. Not a candidate. Lorenzo Pellegrini. Is on the books. For 5.2. Million euros, so certainly you could make a large plus valenza from that as well. Uh, who else really? There's Pastore, no Olsen, no Mirante, no uh, Mancini. Gianluca Mancini is on the books for 20 million euros. I think that'd be very difficult to make a plus valenza off of him. Justin Clivert is on the books for 12.6 million euros as of the 30th of last June. So Do you find someone who can offer you 15 to 20 million euros for him? Maybe, maybe. I think it would take some convincing, of course. Karsdorp is on the books for 5 million euros. So if you do do the operation loan, obligation to buy for 7 million euros, I think Roma would do that in a heartbeat. Ibanez is on the books for 6.2 million euros. Hey, if he has another good season, a full season, not just a good few months, uh, certainly he's a candidate, right? Florenzi, 1.2 million euros. So without a doubt, uh, if PSG can can purchase him for 9.5 million euros, Roma, they will do that immediately without thinking. Fazio is on the books for 400,000 euros. So if Cagliari purchase him for 2 million, as has been the rumored price, or maybe 2.5, I think, they will do that without doubt. Diawara is on the books for 18.3 million euros. So if you get somebody yep. at 30, of course they do that. Cristante, Andy. Mm. 18 million euros he's on the book for as of last June. Oh, boy, that's depressing. <laughs> Choric antichoric. Oh, man. Million. Yeah, you forgot about him, didn't you? Um, oh. <laughs> the one that I think everybody or you know, at least thought this summer would for sure be a candidate is Calafiori. He is on the books for zero. Uh, they haven't signed a renewal with him. Um, so if you get a big offer for him, Ten, even twelve million euros. I think Roma find it very, very difficult to say no to this. Bruno Perez is on the books for three million euros, and then Antonucci. Antonucci is on the books for zero, nothing.
1: So the usual suspects are the same, and we're we're yeah. circling. Yeah. So
0: it, as it, we said, Jekyll
1: two point four. Um. So really, anybody
0: of of any worth is is on the table. Yes, and, and again, keep in mind, those figures that we just put out there it, it's slightly less than that because that's of last June, so they've amortized another uh, just two and a half months give or take. So again, when we when we talk about potential transfers, it, it is sad that this is the first thing we have to immediately think of, but the book value I, I know it is so boring to think about this and you know I enjoy playing video games you know when I'm playing FIFA 20. Uh, you know, it's so easy to do this transfer market stuff. And that's probably like the more fun part than some of the actual matches on the video game. But yeah, this is the unfortunate part of, of modern day football that we have to think about. And again, uh, I'm not going to blame freaking for this. And I, I, I know we would be tempted to do so. I, I really do. But these are the mistakes of some of the past management management that are having to be rectified because you know what, again, I'll go through it one more time. You know who you're not going to make a plus Valenza on? And Zonzi. You know who you're probably not going to make a plus Valenza on? Olsen. Pastore. Cristante. Cristante. Spinazzola. His book value, 24 million euros. No, you know, it, it, it's mistakes like that, that why some sacrifices will have to be made. You you pay in the end. You pay for the mistakes that you make in the market. So, that's what we have to keep in mind. Again, I would love to see Milik and Jekyll play together. But when you consider if you can offload a 34-year-old, if you get an offer of 12 million euros, Roma, they bring home a capital gain of over 9 million euros. And you get rid of his 7.5 million euros in wages. You bring Milik. Yes, you pay a big transfer fee. But but you get him at a lower cost. Or I'm sorry. You get him at a lower wage value. Um He still has potential resale value as well. I believe he's 26 going on 27. So those are things you have to keep in mind. Again, I I know it sucks to think about that. And I know it's not fun to think about that. And quite frankly, when we discuss this book value stuff, I absolutely despise it because it is not engaging podcast material whatsoever. But we try our best to at least be somewhat realistic on here. Um, And that's the unfortunate reality in all of this is that the finances above all, and the book values and the plus valens, and the uh, amortization—that sort of comes before everything else. And again, that's just an unfortunate reality. So that's what we'll leave it. Again, to summarize, you can find the the stuff on Jekyll on the website. I, I'm just I'm just paraphrasing what his agent said to me. We're waiting to see what happens between Napoli and Roma. My sense is, based on conversations with Jekyll's agent, with uh, Busardo, who is uh, the agent that or the the agent slash intermediary who has been appointed by Fienga to hold talks for Milik, he is growing confident that Roma will be able to land a deal for him. Whether they ultimately do remains to be seen. Again, this stuff is very fluid; it can change by the hour, it can change by the day. Offers change, um, preferences of the player of the club change, so just keep that in mind. But I, I do think that we're seeing something change here because again, if you would have asked me, Andy, two to three days ago, I would have said, No chance. Jekyll remains, at least until next summer. Milik, I don't know, Napoli. They 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 lose it for free, I guess. But the fact that Jekyll's agent, when speaking to him, he acknowledged to to, to me the 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 possibility of this Milik Napoli and Roma stuff, I think was really eye-opening and and just shows that it, it has moved from hypothesis to something that is now completely concrete. So we will wait to see how it plays out. Um, we will be back later in the week. Hopefully, there is news on some of these fronts. Whether it's, I don't know, even a even a renewal for for Bruno Perez, Andy. I think I could live with now because we just haven't <laughs> seen anything. we've seen nothing Stop concrete it. happen. It's Stop all it. been it's all been rumors and whispers. Don't and, do this and, to me, John. you be become bearer, a fan
1: girl. That's that's what that's what happened. No, you beca- no, no, yes, it, you it, became a Bruno I'm cheerleader. Not
0: become- fangirl here's the thing i i think three at the back bruno perez is actually a useful player and i take it back maybe i have becoming a fangirl because his agent is seriously the most lovely guy i've ever met probably in my entire life this guy was so polite so nice oh my god and agents are very very rarely like that same thing with club executives very just To the point, not very personable, this guy, my God. Um,
1: Admit it, John, when the conversation becomes to stagnate around dinner table, you start talking about a a potential renewal for Bruno Perez in the back three. It wouldn't be that bad
0: of an idea. Oh, well, the problem was we got called. You and I, some were saying we were too, uh, maybe a bit too harsh on him when he first returned, saying we're not giving him another chance. Well, guess what? I gave him a chance, (laughs) and now I'm pushing for his renewal. So you can't say I'm not open-minded. At at bare minimum, you got to at least give me that. I'm open-minded now. Yes, you're very flexible. um, Yes, we'll see what happens. We will be back. We will be doing our full season preview and predictions later in the week where, again, hopefully we have something. Maybe Smalling arrives. Maybe we get a movement on Jekyll, Perez, something, anything. I think we're just so bored right now. We've seen nothing actually happen that will take anything. So uh, that is where we will leave it. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining. Uh, we're going on almost an hour. And we, I think right when you came on, I said, I want to keep this to yes. 20 to 30 minutes. Keep it short. So keep it short. short. <laughs> I did not intend to do this this long, but once we get started, I I, I don't know this thing is just it's so the fascinating. magic. Yes, it is the magic. It is the magic. So everyone, as always, thank you so 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 much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. We will be back later in the week. So until then, I hope you have a good next few days. Ciao, ciao.